This week's episode is brought to you by the Film Rescue Show. The Film Rescue Show is a long-form podcast in which their crew and a guest fix a film every week. Want a good first episode? Check out episode 89 with Axel and myself, where he pitched fixes for the League of Extraordinary Drummond. Still waiting on that call, Warner Brothers. For fans of filmmaking, writing, and behind-the-scenes content, check out the Film Rescue Show on all your favorite podcasting sites today. All right, going live in three, two, one, and hello, and welcome to Geeks of Grimdark, your home for everything Warhammer, be they elves or Eldar, space marines or stormcast, we've got you covered. I'm Lord Commander Orc, and with me as always is... His shield brother, Axel Wright. How's it going today? I am tired. I have gotten even less sleep the last few days than I normally do, and I have tech problems at work that my other co-worker and boss are also having so it's not my fault which makes me feel a little bit better about it but it's still frustrating how are you doing ah uh, i can't complain the weather's finally getting nice my back is finally getting better all right <laughs> it's, it's a short list of highlights unfortunately ah well a little peek behind the curtain we're recording this just a little bit after valentine's day so it's appropriate when i ask how was your valentine's day the valentine's day of someone who's been married for Okay, here's my stance on Valentine's Day real quick. Valentine's Day is for single people and new couples. Yes. That, that's that's my stance. Otherwise, uh, there's, right. there's a tangent I could go on, but this is neither the place nor the podcast. I mean, I like to call it Happy Beheadings Day just for funds. But, I mean, I had a whole conversation with my lady yesterday about how, because I don't see it, I kind of see it the way you just described it, and that ended up being a disappointment to her. So Yeah. No, come on. Let's look at the real hard numbers first. It is a holiday that falls after a major spending holiday when there's no other major spending holidays in sight, this is to get more money out of us. All right, well, let's move away from that somewhat cynical... Oh, I played Stratego. There's what I did for Valentine's Day. Anyway, what do we... I like that. Sounds fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So before we get into our topic, I believe you've got a list to get through. We do. Our wonderful, wonderful patrons that don't give us money just for Valentine's Day give us money all year round. Our wonderful, wonderful patrons. They are Pam Galley, Marquis, Chris Shipman, River Galley, Krug, Arthur Crane, Kevin Ray, Brendan Angry, John Vinnels, Kit Kenny, Donald Lucy, Patrick Anderson, Carson Ross, Scott Raymond, Derek Kelly, and Peter Cook. Now, if you'd like to join that illustrious legion, get yourself some extra content, head over to patreon.com forward slash geeks with shields. Each episode literally costs you only 25 cents. I know times are tough, but you can afford 25 cents. Now, as this is a Geeks of Grimdark, as Ulrich mentioned at the top of it, and a full-length Geeks of Grimdark, as always, we have a guest. Feel free to introduce yourself. Uh, uh, hello, it is me, Internet. Uh, great introduction, I'm sure. Um, so, yeah, uh, hello. Uh, under most Internet things, I am go by the name Fred the Dino. So, uh, hello, I'm Fred the Dino. All right, so I'm if you go... are one oh. of the fortunate members of our Discord, you know him well. Yes, I've been here for a while. True, <laughs> and I'll probably alternate between Fred and Dino just for funsies. So Go ahead. Well, anyway, Fred, since we're here on Geeks and Run Dark with a guest, you probably you know what this means. Well, we told you before we started recording what this means, but for anyone who doesn't know, generally what this means is that we have our guest choose some Warhammer faction or some important part of lore or something, and they're going to talk to us about it. So, what bit of Warhammer lore and or faction or thing are you here to share with us today? I am here to espouse the glory of the goats. Uh, I am here to talk Beasts of Chaos from Age of Sigmar. In case anybody didn't know. 
And if you're wondering what Age of Sigmar is, go check out one of our multiple episodes with Luremaster of Sotek. We covered all the basics there. Real quick, it is the third Warhammer tent pole that came after Warhammer Fantasy. But, I mean, you could just call it essentially the fantasy version of the IP now, at least. So Yeah, but with the old world right around the corner... I'm I'm dating us. Different conversation. Anyway, so my only experience with the Beast of Chaos is I'm a large fan of Total War Warhammer, and just recently, as in like a month ago, I discovered how much I love playing as the Beastmen, which I figure are the same deal-ish. Maybe I'm just, I'm guessing. So. More. More or less, yes. I mean, it's mostly the same concepts. There was some updating of lore. There were some major lore changes to Beastmen in the updating to Age of Sigmar, um, but mostly the same deal with the added measure that Dragon Ogres are now a part of Beasts of Chaos, as opposed to Chaos Warriors in Warhammer Fantasy. I mean, they look more like Beasts of Chaos, so that makes sense to me. I know that I remember reading in, in Total War, one of the legendary lords is uh, Morgur the Shadow Gave, and I remember reading yeah. on his wiki that he becomes a minor god in Age of Sigmar. Uh, yeah, he is a minor, minor god, chaos god. Um, I don't know uh, if he does a whole lot other than he has a sub-faction in most of the battle tomes that are wholly devoted to worshipping him. I remember uh, his Age of Sigmar wiki page being much, much smaller than his Warhammer Fantasy wiki page. So that sounds right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, if I remember correctly, I, I like Beasts of Chaos. They're a cool-looking army. I like Chaos and Age of Sigmar. But they've kind of gotten... Well, they're kind of indicative of the worst parts of Age of Sigmar in that whole bunch of old models that kind of need new stuff. And every once in a while, they throw out a new character with a book and go, here you go, that'll hold you over, right? Well, yeah. I, I'll say as an outsider to that, uh, I've looked at a lot of the fantasy model lines, and I've made no secret of the fact that I think the Skaven model line and the Lizardman model line are in desperate need. I finally looked at the Beastmen, or the Beast of Chaos model line. That might be the most lopsidedly terrible model line I have seen, or at least lopsidedly old one that I've seen. Yeah, and that kind of works into something I did kind of want to bring up, which is the fact that... Uh, Beastmen in Warhammer Fantasy, much like they are in the lore, are just the forgotten children of the world. Every The Chaos God's least favorite child, and, I would argue in Warhammer Fantasy, GW's least favorite child. Well, from what I read, just in, again in Total War, I got the impression that while the Beastmen, in Warhammer Fantasy at least, are part of the forces of Chaos... The Chaos Gods don't actually give them any attention, because as far as they're concerned, the Beastmen are going to do Chaos things anyway, so why bother rewarding them or giving them any attention when they're going to do their job anyway? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I think another one is, I think in lore, like, Beastmen aren't quite as ambitious as, you know, Chaos Warriors typically are, so right. it's just a... I do think we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit, partly yeah, my fault. Yeah, yeah. So, before anything else, uh, Dino, give anyone listening a brief overview of what the Beasts of Chaos are. Alright, Beasts of Chaos. Uh, so, I imagine most people are going to be familiar with the likes of satyrs, centaurs, minotaurs, etc. Many, mostly Greek, uh, half-man, half-animal uh, creatures. Beasts of Chaos... Um, are sort of the idea of what if we took those creatures 
and made them just demonic, just demon-worshipping demonic uh, beings who hate the idea of civilization to their core. And I would definitely say that is the main thrust of Beasts of Chaos. All right, all right. So demonic, Greek inspired like mythical beast it's funny i'm trying to find some other synonymous word for beast but it, it's really just the only thing accurate yeah. animal people so yeah and my understanding is that again you can tell me if age of sigmar changes this at all but at least the beastmen had kind of a similar thing to the skaven in that they're kind of everywhere and they're kind of less like a faction of individuals and more like a living plague they just, like, come out of the woods and screw with people, like, everywhere. Oh, yeah, that's definitely still the same in Age of Sigmar. They are basically everywhere. They don't really have much in the way of central organization. They're more just effectively loose mobs of just wild berserkers doing their own things. Now, is Age of Sigmar still doing the Age of Beasts storyline? Yes, they are, we are still currently in Age of Beasts. And... Uh, there has been some things in the hype up to the new battle tome that just released that has maybe positioned Beast of Chaos as the main chaos force in this uh, current edition. Well, really? that's what I remember reading. There was like a White Dwarf short story that was talking about beastmen infiltrating villages and like cr sowing corruption. I'm like, oh, cool. They're actually going to make beastmen the viable threat they should be or that mm -hmm. they kind of get talked about a lot of the times. Of it's this big roving monster that exists outside all these isolated villages. Sure, it'd be cool if you did something with that. Roving is yeah. key word too, because it seems like they don't have. Uh, well, again, in the game, and from my understanding, they're nomads. They don't settle in one place. So. No, no, yeah, it's just kind of wandering around, doing whatever, just whatever thing that strikes their dirty little damned hearts, which is usually uh, murdering and pillaging any civilized person nearby and or themselves. So they haven't changed a lot from their Warhammer fantasy roots. In that aspect, no, there has been a, a massive change in regards to their relationship with the rest of Chaos in between editions. Yeah, because like, I, I brought up that the only understanding I had of their relationship with Chaos and fantasy was that Chaos just kind of relied on, the, the before the forces of Chaos kind of looked down on them and just relied on them to do what they were going to do without giving them attention, so... What's their relationship now, then? Uh, the Beasts of Chaos hate the Chaos Gods now. Uh, oh. They kind of came to that realization, like, the gods don't give a shit about us. So at this point, like, huge chunks of Beasts of Chaos have decided, fine, gods are awful as a concept. Like, they are part of why we hate civilization. Just this bowing down to, like, intangible edifices is, you know very much against us so they are anti-chaos god wow. chaos that's, that's surprising <laughs> i kind of like that as a metaphor for the player's relationship to games workshop being fine if you won't give me new models i'm going to go get third party minotaurs <laughs> yeah how do they how do they square that with things like the shadow gave um you will uh, i will say like there is still rules in the book for, like, chaos-worshipping uh, beasts of chaos. Uh, it does state in the lore, like, a good chunk of beasts of chaos will look at god-worshippers as, like, weaklings that dare, you know, bend the knee to somebody. Oh, so they still exist, um, they're just more They still exist, but, yeah. yeah, they're more of a minority. Um, I don't remember exactly what the general opinion on the Morgur thing is. 
other than I guess this thing about like, well, he was one of us, so like that makes it's sense. Different. Yeah, and again for for anyone who and you can go look this up, but Morgur is this character who was a beast man gore thing who was so filled with chaos energy that he was constantly mutating and warping reality around him and he liked to fuck with the wood elves specifically and queen alari apparently considered him to be one of the greatest threats to reality and then yeah sometime in between old fantasy and in age of sigmar he quote-unquote ascended to become a, a, a god-ish character anyway that covers that <laughs> Yeah, and uh, it is stated, like, Beasts of Chaos will still work with, like, god worshippers, because they do have a sense of worship, and it's more to chaos as a concept than necessarily, like, any particular god, so typically. Yeah, they're fairly anarchistic. Considering the word chaos, that kind of makes them more pure chaos than actual chaos worshippers, then. Yeah, so... So, Go ahead. Well... I know Slangors are in the battle tomes for Slanesh. Did they also make it over for the Beast of Chaos battle tomes? Well, or they quick, still... quick sidebar, anyone who doesn't know, Gores are like the kind of central foot sloggers of Beastmen. They're they're not they're goatmen, yeah. So they're but they're like bigger than satyrs. Like satyrs are tiny goatmen, gores are like big goatmen. So. Yeah, there's so yeah, uh, Slangors are in the book uh, that just released. To my understanding, I do not have it currently, but I mean, I've heard that. So yeah, Slangors made their way into the new book. Still waiting um, on the other three, though. No, Zangors yeah. are in there because cause, now, do they cram Zangors into every Beast uh, Chaos release like they do Thousand Suns and Forty K? Every release, not to my knowledge, but they're definitely in the book. Like, every Zangor unit is in the books, so... It still amazes me that Zangors were not in Total War 3, by the way. <laughs> so, That's going to be a DLC, I guarantee you, because they got to get Korngors and Pestigors sorted. Fair. Yeah. Um, that does kind of uh, bring up something I did uh, want to mention, which is um, there there is, like, lore tidbits even to, like, the, you know, Beastmen that worship the chaos gods. The corn and Zinch ones are like the least interesting to me because it's just like, we worship corn and Zinch. Okay. Uh, Slanesh, uh, beast, beast of chaos. Um, most beasts of chaos hate like the idea of civilization. Like they view it as a weakening uh, presence that, you know, takes everybody down from the natural animal like might makes right sort of attitudes that okay. is nature's way in their kind of eyes there's a metaphor um, there somewhere so. yeah um slanesh beast of uh, chaos uh have a bit more like envy wrapped up in there so like when they go looting and pillaging they will like steal and take and incorporate stuff that they from their raids of civilization but it makes them feel really self-conscious and awful about it. Like, this this weird obsession that they have that they feel awful about. I don't know why that, that description just makes me think of, like, perks of being an ungore or something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and with the Nurgle uh, Beasts of Chaos, Rotfrey, I think they're called, they are effectively suicide bombers. Um, so... It says, like, they really only turn to Nurgle out of desperation in viewing that plague as the ultimate death of civilization. So it's effectively like, I will sacrifice myself for the cause uh, for chaos, but I don't like doing this. 
Well, you that know, makes sense. You know, it's funny that the the Beastmen lords in Total War, thus the only Beastmen characters I know, Morgur's got a real Nurgle bend to him. Uh, Malagor's got a real Zinch bend to him, being having bird wings and being super into magic. And Torox the Brass Bull's got a super corn edge to him. <laughs> And then, he's literally no, he's literally dedicated to corn. Yeah, yeah he literally is. <laughs> and then there's Kazrak, who does not really have uh, a vibe, so there wasn't really a Slanesh feeling, at least in those in that game. So <laughs> it's just funny to think about. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I, I guess bringing up like even like Ungors and Gores or also earlier, I guess we should preface that uh, Beasts of Chaos Society is split up into these multiple like I guess sub races, you could say. Um, so you have the mainstay, which is the gores, you know, the goat guys. You have the ungores, uh, which are slightly less goat goat boys, and they are effectively like the goblins of uh, the Beasts of Chaos in that they are viewed as the sort of weak, like, lesser race because they look more human, ergo more civilized. Yeah, they got, they got like, tiny horns, and they're only, their legs are, like, a little hoof-like, but... Their faces are mostly human. Yeah. Whereas gores have, like, straight-up, like, goat heads. So. Yeah, there's a not-so-subtle metaphor baked in there about the bigger your horns, the bigger you're standing. <laughs> it, yeah. Yeah, because above gores, then we've got uh, bestigores. Or is it bestigores? I don't know if there's an I in yeah. there. But so, yeah, they're awesome. Bestigores. Um, bestigores are technically gores. They are effectively, like... The highest-ranking gores who have done the most killing and stolen the most crap from civilized people, so they've managed to assemble themselves like a suit of armor, and are fairly, uh, you know, well trained and experienced because they've been at this for a while. And what I like about it, the way it's talked about in the lore is, uh, Beast of Chaos is a very like might makes right society. It's like you take whatever role you can physically keep for yourself mm. so they present this dichotomy where bestigors are typically the uh, bodyguards for a beast lord who's the big head muscle honcho and they make a point that because it is a situation where the only way of ranking up is by killing the person who's in top the beast lord has to basically like rock the political uh, political the walk the tightrope of like keeping a strong presence of bestigors but also making sure that they aren't so strong that they end up killing him and <laughs> taking his spot. Yeah. It's funny because I know that based on what you just said, you would think that Minotaurs then would be like the head honchos, but it doesn't seem to be the, the case, and I don't know the lore reason for that, so I guess I'm asking. Um, they can and can't be. They're more of like a side thing. They're seemingly to be on a, on a similar standpoint with like gores. Um, so they have their own, like, hierarchies sometimes. Minotaurs are basically, you know, giant bull men, as mythology goes, except make them have vampire-slash-ogre levels of uh, wanting to eat and or drink blood from everything that they lay their eyes on. Because Warhammer. I didn't know that one. Because Warhammer. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, I guess they're on a similar standpoint to like Gores, which is like they can like lead a general herd. They can lead their own like Minotaur specific herds. It's just there isn't really a structure to like Beasts of Chaos society. It's just whoever can kill to the top and keep their position 
is the leader. Then I would guess the only reason that Cygors and like Gore Brutes are not the top is because they're probably not even intelligent enough for that. I, I would guess. <laughs> um, I I would assume so. Yeah, to my knowledge, um, I know like recently uh, a sub faction got added where I don't know the lore behind them. I haven't looked it up. The Quake Fray. And their their whole thing in game is monster focus, and you can take the giant like Gorgons and Cygors as battle line, and Cygors are spellcasters or priests in the game specifically. Yeah. Uh, if you if take that set faction, it was not obvious to listeners. A Cygor is basically a giant Cyclops Gore person. So yeah, specifically another cool thing is like they are effectively blind except to magic. They can only see magic, so they have a lot of rules for targeting uh, spellcasters in your opponent's army. Well, that's really yeah, neat. correct me if I'm wrong, but either because Games Workshop doesn't really want to do anything with them, or because it's if it's not broke, don't fix it. They are beasts of chaos, beasts men. Basically a one-to-one fantasy to Age of Sigmar, by and large. More more or less, to my knowledge. Um, once again, there is the added Dragon Ogres, which going off... Yeah, of... but they, they consolidated some stuff, and they took away some stuff. Well, hold on, can I, can I say, is it not... Because I, I wasn't really paying attention at a time, but now I know that last year they had that big like event with like the God of Destruction. Yeah, Kragnos. Yeah, who's a giant centaur, but he's for destruction not he's a different race is i think Uh, so axel you've touched on what me and plenty of other uh beasts of chaos players have been very sad about for the last year which is we got like basically zero named characters like big named characters holy crap giant big cool centaur guy Crap, he isn't ours. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense looking at him. The basemen literally have centagores, and this looks like a giant centagore. So. Yeah, like they went out of the way, like, he's another race that's separate from this, and he's the last of his kind. And even I was kind of like, okay, listen, you can't do this to Beastman players. They've been very patient with you. Plus, because it's destruction, that means that he goes on the table with, like, uh, ogres and orcs, and he doesn't fit in with them aesthetically at all. So, yeah. Anyway, it, it's it's welcome to the cavalcade of just weird, strange decisions by GW every now and again. That doesn't make me upset. It just really confuses me. Because I remember reading that he was supposed to be the embodiment of like an earthquake or something, and yeah, which is a cool idea. It's just weird now that I'm like, he looks like he should be the beast man, like big big dude. So well, there's also though that weird sub faction they added for. Sylvaneth, what are they? The centaurs that aren't centaurs. For Sylvaneth? They're wood elf ladies. What are they called? The Kernite Hunters? Oh, Kernoth Hunters? But Kernoth, oh, there they those are. are. Those are tree men. I'm not sure what models you're thinking of, but I have three Kernoth Hunters. Those are just straight tree people. Give me a second. I'm going to go on the website because they had centaurs that weren't beast men but belonged to wood elves. Okay, you go ahead and look that up because I, I think I can, in my head, imagine what you're saying, but it's not Kernoth Hunters. So, anyway, Dino. Let's let's take a moment. Let's shift from a lore discussion. What got you into uh, Beastmen, to Beasts of Chaos? So I've been in the hobby for a good while, and I was in during fantasy, like a good like few years before fantasy ended with the end times. And I, I wouldn't say like I wasn't interested in the Beastmen, but it was never like my first pick. 
um, as a faction. Like I mostly gravitated towards chaos warriors, chaos demons. I'm I'm a big chaos guy, so if there's a chaos faction in the game, I'm probably taking them. One of them. I mean, quick sidebar: um, in in Total War, Skaven are my primary, Beastmen are my secondary. But one of the things I love about Beastmen is the fact that I don't have to worry about building towns at all. Yeah, I, I can just go fuck shit up. So, yeah. Anyway, continue. Um, so I think it was uh, in the when they got introduced early in Second Edition as a full army. Um, I had heard about like the new lore change that they had, you know, dis like you know, screw the gods, we're gonna be on our own. And I'm always a sucker for like things breaking the mold. So I think that's what really drew me in. Um, it's just this idea of like, oh, that's really unique. Like that's not something you get in most of the Warhammer games, which is a chaos faction that hates the chaos gods. <laughs> has kind of a. a... Oh, what's his name? Me and Ulrich argued about him. Malik. It's got kind of like a Malik vibe. So yeah, um, game. Their their gameplay is like really fun though. So that's mostly why I'm sticking around. But... All right, hold, hold on, I, I have questions about that. But let's go back. You you said you started. You got into the the Warhammer hobby with Warhammer Fantasy. Do you remember? Yeah. You said a few years before the end times. So this is in the early 2010s. I I I'm a young lad compared to most of my friends. I was born after 9/11. For oh, uh, you are young. <laughs> you I am a young lad. So I was in you summer like, child. <laughs> I was a young young lad when I discovered Warhammer Fantasy, and I don't fully remember how I came across it other than I found it and I was already at that time just like a big like military history geek. Mm. So I was like mil like military game but like with cool monsters. That sounds accurate. Hell yeah. <laughs> and you said you started um, off with like chaos right off the bat? Yes, I I've always had a fascination with like the occult and like demons and stuff. I've never been like a I don't believe in them but i've just always had a fascination with it so may i ask I mean, just for yeah. context what like your first armies were then uh i only started playing playing recently oh. um hey that's fair man i, I was obsessed <laughs> with the lore for like four years before i ever got one model yeah so. yeah um the first army i actually started playing was for 40k because by the time i had started getting models i had already kind of jumped on the 40k train and That's I actually right. got Necrons as my first army. All right. Um, I That's... moved away from the Necron train. But... And it's funny because Necrons are possibly as far from Beastmen aesthetically as possible. Although, no, no. with the whole attacking the gods thing, not that far conceptually. So No, no yeah, yeah. But yeah, um, so Beasts of Chaos are my first technically fantasy army because i only started playing since age of sigmar happened so as someone who is still working on a skaven and a sylvaneth army i can i feel you <laughs> so yeah okay what is what does your collection of beasts of chaos look like right now if i might ask um still still growing uh i mostly small um i am not a very rich person so i don't get the opportunity to get myself some models as much as i would like um, that's perfectly so right fair now, I, I was more asking especially because yeah. as i pointed out the beasts of chaos model line is lacking <laughs> yep yeah and i found them oh what have you found <laughs> i had to do some deep digging because they're not on the uh games workshop website anymore 
but they were the Warhammer Underworlds hunting band, the Skate. What are these guys called? I literally had to type in Wood Elf Centaurs. The Beast Great? Ah, here they are. Scaleth's Wild Hunt. They got okay. a centaur dude and a couple other beast looking people. All right. Put I... it in the Warhammer Discord. Okay, we'll look at it in a bit. So, <laughs> anyway, uh, so right here. Yeah. Go. Oh, sorry. No, no. You were saying I wanted you to continue talking about the the models you have because again, expensive hobby. I get it. So, what do you have? I have a a unit of Bestigors that I bought separately, uh, and I have the Start Collecting Box, which is actually a pretty good uh, deal, especially for previous edition because it's mostly made up of the units that were actually pretty good in last edition. Let's see if I'm looking at a. Uh image right now it looks like it's there's a cygor in the center and which you can build as a gorgon if you so choose fair i, I always love the Cy cygors have their giant rock <laughs> it's just fun to me yes we throw, throw a giant a rock, rock at them at right. um, <laughs> hey simple strategy 90 percent success rate and then yes. it looks like what an ungore herd and a gore herd? If I were to take a guess. Or oh no? yeah, Un ungores which you can build as ungore raiders or well, ungore raiders are just ungores. Uh, bestigores. Oh, those are the bestigores on the great... left there in this picture. They have yes. the armor. So. And a great bray shaman as your leader choice. Okay, twenty-two models, and that's a solid start collecting box. Yeah, and as I said, like these were the units that were basically for a good chunk of second edition, really your only good option. Uh, and for anyone who doesn't know, in in this context, a gorgon isn't a snake woman; it's a giant bull man with four arms. Yeah, let's talk about Warhammer's weird ass naming convention for a sec. I, I guess. Oh, I, mean, like, I feel like I just okay. talked about it. <laughs> well, no, I'm just saying, like, where does any of that make? any other sense like the rest of the beastmen kind of stick to their naming conventions cygore cyclops giant gore okay gorgon all all i can assume is that they already had the gore naming convention and they were probably already looking through greek myths for inspiration and they just said that has gore in the name that'll work i mean that, that, that does feel like it but it, it, it always at least it's awesome. Gorgons are badass. I think they're one of the coolest looking things. Gor oh, yeah. So, Gorgons in lore are minotaurs that kept cannibalizing so hard, like kept eating other minotaurs so hard that they just super mutated. I love it. I remember reading that somewhere. Yeah, they just super mutate. Now we've got four arms. <laughs> yes. And then, and then the, uh, the, the third giant thing that I know they have is the Jabberslythe. Which yes. I, I read somewhere, it's hypothesized that its name comes from the Jabberwocky from Alice Behind the Looking Glass. But what it is, is a giant insanity monster. It's, I don't know how to describe it. It's literally it's, like a big mutated thing. It, <laughs> it's often described as like a giant flying like frog lizard. Yeah, that literally has, if you see it, it drives you insane like some Lovecraftian thing. Yeah. And it's got, yeah, it's got the frog tongue. I just realized it's got the crazy frog tongue. Mm. With, a, well, with a mouth at the end, too. Yeah. Like, it, are, it was in Warhammer Fantasy. They weren't just goats. They were random combinations of man and beast. 
Games Workshop just never bothered to model them that way. Did that carry over in Age of Sigmar? Oh, oh yes, and even more so. Once again, the models are all just goats or bulls, but they even talk about like shark, like beastmen existing well, in like, yeah. the water. That's awesome. Well, that was always the coolest thing. Like when you read about them in Warhammer Fantasy, they're like, well, it was a man, but he had you know two hands that were wolf heads, or. Because the idea was when chaos first ripped through it, combined you know men and beasts at random, so you got really interesting combinations. And it's like, wow, that must make some really interesting models. And oh no, they're all just the same thing. Okay, I will I will say yeah. that looking at this Jabberslide model, at least it looks good, but it's on that square base, which has me concerned. <laughs> so. On the, the so most of my most of the stuff like when you buy Beast of Chaos boxes, like they will come. Like especially if you buy like older boxes or like repackaged boxes, they will come with both the square and circle bases. Yeah, my my, uh, know, my storm fiends did that when I built them. So that really feels like Games Workshop is rubbing in like, yeah, you're here to maintain a copyright. Pretty much. I just think, that <laughs> but I mean, Jabberslide is just such an interesting. I, I like. I don't know how to describe it because yeah, you know, crazy. No, crop. I like. Uh, Beasts of Chaos. They're a cool army. Like, back when I had my Chaos army, I'm like, you know, if you ever get updated, I'll add a contingent you to my army because I like your lore and you're fun and interesting. But they really do sit in that same grouping with a lot of other factions of needs new models or needs more models, and Games Workshop goes, here's the scenery and an HQ choice. Hold on, you know what I just realized it kind of looks like? Sorry. Either you guys see the terrible Howard the Duck movie? Uh, I've never <laughs> seen it, but I'm well aware of its of its reputation. Why are well, you bringing up Howard the Duck? Because there's a thing at the end that's like an interdimensional demon that kind of yeah. looks like the Jabberslate. Yeah, that 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 neck. And now I'm not going to not connected. see that. So now I'm thinking about connected. Howard the Duck. So thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. What were you thinking, Lucas? Uh, he was thinking dollar signs, but that's besides the point. So okay, all right, all right. New question then. So we talked a bit about like their background in the lore we talked a bit about your particular like getting into them and the reasons you like them you mentioned their play style can you elaborate a bit um so play style is definitely what i would consider uh ambush tactics hit and run are the main ideas that kind of go into beasts of chaos in their play style um which is a big like bugbear for warhammer fantasy fans because like beastmen were like the worst army in Warhammer Fantasy, especially in the latter days, and well, they were one of the ones that didn't get an updated codex or no. updated battle tome, weren't they? Yeah, once I probably not. I wouldn't be surprised. Once I... again, I'm pretty sure, much like they were Chaos God's least favorite children, they were also GW's least favorite. Because it was children. like them, Beast, them, Wood Elves, and Bretonia. We're like writing out the end times with we haven't had an update in two years. I'm I'm getting the vibe, and you can tell me how off base I am, that not from like an aesthetic or a lore perspective, but from a business perspective, Beasts of Chaos are reminding me of Gene Steeler cults. That and the thing is that also works in gameplay, especially with the new edition, because the new edition really revamped how they play. That's true. I have um, a, a close friend who has a big Genes to the Colts army, so I have some knowledge of that. But but at the same uh, thing, in 40k, Genes to the Colts have always felt like Games Workshop's least favorite child. And even in lore, they're like, yeah, they don't really matter because they're just tyrannid light. <laughs> so, well, we've talked yeah. about that on the podcast before. Thematic 
themed armies tend to suffer the most, like rules wise. Like Games Workshop does doesn't want to write rules for them that you know, like you're really thematic, but you're not going to be competitive at a tournament scene, so we're not really going to bother writing rules for you. Well, I know that when I was reading heavily about the Gene Sudo cults, they were described by professional players as having a very high skill ceiling, but also an extremely high skill floor. So, like, if you could use them, they could be very effective because people weren't used to fighting them, but they were very hard to use effectively. I don't know how true that is since their rework. I know that they're <sighs> a lot more consistent now, but they have this, you know, rules about, like, how they can set up and their ambush markers and whatnot. So how do how do Beasts of Chaos uh, square this whole? Um, so uh, current edition, I'll work off of current edition. Their new battle tome, uh, though I haven't played with it. I I do I have read the rules, so I know how it works. Um, they are, to my knowledge, the only army currently. Their entire army can go into reserves at the start of the game. The entire army. The entire army. That's can go into awesome. reserves at the start of the game. <laughs> uh, you have to get everybody out by turn three or they all die. But nonetheless, you can get your your stuff into reserve. Um, that sounds fun. Yeah. <laughs> it it can lead to some, like, like just thinking about it, like, that can lead to some real, like, pretty, pretty cool things you can do. Like, I think what they're highlighting especially is, like, now with this, like, your opponent really has to worry about positioning. Yeah, counter-deploy this, bitch. <laughs> counter-deploy this. You don't even know where they're going. Oh. Um, and also, uh, Ungor Raiders, uh, which are the bowmen, the Ungor bowmen, who were pretty good in 2nd edition, because the only, like, solid ranged option they have, and they're actually, like, pretty good, um, they can shoot while they're in reserves. Uh, they can shoot That's from reserves? That's awesome. I love that. They they can shoot while they're in reserves. I think they can only target, like, the closest uh, enemy model to, like, any given table, like, table edge. I've still never yeah. even heard of that idea. That's a cool... That's very cool. That is fuck. Yeah. Yeah, what, like I said, like, now you have to worry about positioning, because I can't even counterattack and my guys are getting shot at. Hmm. Yeah, no, that sounds thematic as fuck and sounds like a lot of fun. I know that... In, in Total War, anyway, Beastmen are seen by some of the people in the Total War community as one note. They are a run-up and smash things, and there's not really different ways to play them. Are they are they kind of one note on the tabletop for, like, how you play them, or are they a bit more varied, or how does that work? Um, I would definitely say they're a bit more varied, uh, especially with the FAQ towards the beginning of 3rd edition that really opened up a lot of options for them because yeah. that really gave them a massive buff uh the faq changes like what to do for them um, um so we're after getting some nitty-gritty not nitty-gritty but we're after getting some mechanics uh again real scenery, nerd shit right here yes yeah, so. real nerd shit uh the scenery for beasts of chaos is the herd stone mm -hmm. uh which you can set up on the table um before that i'm gonna try and remember how it went so before that uh, there was a six-inch bubble that emanated from it. Um, all Beasts of Chaos units within it uh, would get, like, buffs to both their rend and, like, their uh, morale, like, battle shock. Mm -hmm. And every battle round, it would increase by six inches. The FAQ changed that to where it starts at 12 inches and then extends by six every battle round. And all units within it have their battle shock tests uh, get a plus 
uh, one to their rend, which is armor piercing, if you're a 40k person. Mm -hmm. um, and by the start of the third round, they get a plus two. And so that was a massive deal for Beasts of Chaos players, because a massive issue they had was survivability and morale stuff specifically, because their leadership is pretty shitty. Well, also, it sounds like you're incentivized to fight in the near the Herdstone, so making that affect more of the table is a big deal. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it, yeah. I remember when that came out, everyone was like, it's a cool model, and then they read the rules and like, Oh, that's a cool shelf-sitting model. <laughs> Actually, again, yeah. that sounds like Gene Stealer Colts, because I know that Gene Stealer Colts, they get this badass drill that is literally, like, the worst piece of terrain in 40K. It was good for a hot second, but yeah, no. A lot of people went, and back on the shelf, you go. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. And uh, each uh, Chaos uh, army, most armies, but especially each Chaos army, has their own unique way of, like, summoning systems. Mm -hmm. uh for the most part uh for second edition beast of chaos it was you had to sacrifice uh units you had to sacrifice your own units to the herd stone to get summoning points or you could just get like one per turn high naturally. price high price uh it really so like most units that you'd want to sacrifice you weren't gonna use otherwise gores mm. The way the the way the game ended up, like gores weren't really good, like ungores unless they had bows and arrows weren't really good. So you'd only bring them just to keep sacrificing to, them to the stone. Corn um, had a very similar mechanic. Oh yeah, corn is yeah just when stuff dies in general. So yeah, where would you say the blood cultists were that like go out there and die for me so I can bring in some blood letters. So uh, our our friend of the podcast, Reggie Giraffe, he tends to keep up with the competitive scene more than i do i do sometimes but he tends to know fucking like tournament data and i think he told me recently that that beasts of chaos were doing really well have you heard anything about that they are currently like one of the top five factions since that faq ah okay so i, I am remembering correctly okay yeah they so the win the person who won recently the las vegas open for age of sigmar played beasts of chaos they are, like, basically top five now. They are run in terror if your opponent is playing them. And, you know, there's there's a funny thing where, like, for me, when it comes to how a game like this is de designed, there I, I, I like for everything to stay within a 45 to 55 win rate. That would be the ideal that no faction is outside of that. At the same time, I do like when every faction can cycle into the top five at some point. Like, I'm fine with my faction being weak. But, you know, it feels good for people to sometimes have their faction just be very strong. So I, I've been playing them since, like, second edition, when for a good chunk of it, up until the FAQ start of third, Beasts of Chaos were considered one of the worst performing factions in general. Yeah. So I, I know that when I picked yeah. up Skaven and Sylvaneth, I didn't know the tournament data. I was like, I don't care. I like how they look. And I looked it up, and I was like, oh, Skaven are middle, and Sylvaneth are near the bottom. Okay, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, and I should say that summoning mechanic changed uh, coming into uh, this new edition. Um, I imagine what helped Beast of Chaos 2 is, like, monsters became good this edition, and Beast of Chaos have a lot of monsters, so a lot more options just opened up there. Yeah. 
Oh, that reminds well, me, though. You mentioned earlier, because the whole Kragnos, or whatever his name is, that Beasts of Chaos don't really have a lot of, like, HQs, like, named HQs. Like, what do you have? Do you have any? There, I think the only named person is, I don't know if it's a leader option, but it's the one character from Underworlds, which is Grashrak, I think his name is. Googling him now. That, that is it. That we yeah. have no other named characters. Because I think the problem was Warhammer Fantasy, the named beastmen were all conversions. Like, you got rules, but they didn't make models. Uh, here we go. You it's, uh, yeah, Grashrak's Despoilers are what the group yeah, is called. There was a Malagor and Morgur model. Which, sidebar, as a Total War player, Malagor is one of the coolest motherfuckers in Warhammer, period. So. There... There is one named Beast of Chaos character that's like somewhat major in that there was a story written about him. I don't remember his name other than he was hanging around in Shyish in second edition eating ghosts. <laughs> nice. <laughs> ghosts. E- eating ghosts and apparently he can ghost whisper talk to them afterwards. Yeah. But for anyone who doesn't know real quick, I just want to get this off my chest. Malagor is a gore, so he's got a goat thing, but he's got two special things about him visually. One is that his horns are the shape of a pentagram, and two is that he has big-ass black wings, and he fucking casts crow spells all the time, and in the lore, he's literally seen by other beastmen as, like, the physical embodiment of the fall of civilization. So, and, and among the Empire, he's seen as, like, literally an omen of death. From what I've read, he's one of the closest things to kind of literally the devil in Warhammer Fantasy lore. So, at least the old yeah. school, like, pagan bastardization of the, that they use for the devil. Anyway. Yeah, they're definitely yeah, going to, like, it's not thing. subtle when they take some things. <laughs> yeah. Subtlety be damned. The point is, Malagor is awesome, and I love that in Total War I can just send him alone uh, against two armies and kill him all with crows. So, anyway. well, hey, uh, the crow is, thing is now a endless spell for the beasts of chaos. The ravening dire flock, I believe it's called. Googling that too. <laughs> dire flock. Uh, you got ravening dire flock, a uh, doom blast dirge horn, I think it's called, and the uh, balefire. No, it's not balefire. It's wildfire Taurus. I know, that I, was the one we all thought was heralding the return of uh, Chaos Dwarves. Oh, it does. I, I see the, the Taurus thing. It looks like the front of a bull that the back's on fire. It doesn't. The yep. back doesn't exist. It's just, okay. Hmm. Yeah. There's something to me, um, though, about the idea of just swarming an enemy with with crows and killing them. Because that's crows. fucking terrifying when you get right down to it. A lot of sharp, pointy bits. Yeah, I've seen the I, birds. I, I have also seen the birds, and that shit scared the crap out of me as, as a young lad. So, yeah. So let me ask you this as we kind of, you know, wind down. If Games Workshop came to you and said, hey, we're sorry we've ignored, you know, Beasts of Chaos for so long. We want you to, you know, tell us like five things you want to see in the new edition. Be that rules, be that models, be that whatever. What's on your list? Um, So I'd... Obviously, models like as stated, they're an old range. They are really old. So yes, we got a new beast lord, which is really cool. That's it. I please more models. Um, it doesn't solve more, the minotaur problem. Yeah. Um, two. Um, this is. I don't know if they changed it for the new book. So if they did, oops. Uh, integrate dragon ogres better into the army because i know for the second edition book the lore is just like 
dragon ogres exist. They're a part of this army. That, Go figure it, it out. <laughs> you figure it out. Um, 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 sidebar, I just Googled the actual Minotaur model, and that is... They are real bad. That is one of the He's worst. all scrunched up on a tiny little vase, and it they, just, no. His they face look looks... like naked Morass. Yes! Oh my, that's totally what they look like. Oh, not a bull. They man. look like... Naked mole rats with axes more than giant bull men that will eat you. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, continue. <laughs> more na- Oh, absolutely more named characters. Like, just somebody. Please, like, give us a new, like, Kazarak or Malagor or Morgor, like, sort of person. Or even Torox. Torox is fucking made of Torox. brass. Have him show up. He would be a great model. Or, 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 you know, since Dragon Ogres are a part of the army, a new Colex Sun Eater type person. That'd be cool, too. Yeah. Something. Give us any named characters, please. I was just thinking I Torox might cool be a person. good bet because it'd be an excuse to relaunch the Minotaur models, too. <laughs> so. that would be, Torox would be pretty cool. He's he's a badass in the I he just murders everything kind of way. Yeah. Um, definitely... I, I think more than fantasy, GW is doing a better job of integrating Beasts of Chaos into the world and like making them active participants. Well, I, wa- like, I wanted lot- to ask you, not to, I apologize for interrupting your answer to Ulrich's question, but because I spent a lot of time talking about the fantasy version of them because that's the only experience I have with them, but what can you tell us about their role in like actual stories that have happened in age of sigmar because we've we've talked with like loremaster of sotek and a few other people who tell us that age of sigmar has actually done a really good job of telling their narrative and their story over the editions so like where do beasts of chaos fit into that beasts of chaos have i think they've managed to find the sweet spot which is they are the smaller scale chaos threat that is always there always at your doorstep ready to kill you and you just can never seem to get rid of them i don't know if there's a whole lot of like major stories out there currently but they've done a lot more to highlight their role within it um within the world um we have like excuse me there is like mentions of named characters like the guys in shayish eating ghosts ghosts um but yeah, just I, I think there's a bit more focus on them in the role that they have been, even in fantasy, which is just as like these these, these monsters that are always there, that always want to kill you, and no matter what, are always going to come out for you. I, I do like how when you put what you've told us about Beasts of Chaos and combine that with what I know, for instance, about Skaven, and how Skaven, the Great Horn Rat, technically his is the fifth chaos god but the other four chaos gods still look at him like eh. and and the ever chad looks at him like eh. so it's like this expansion of chaos to have these other versions of chaos like other options to still be chaos i think it's kind of a cool thing that age of sigmar has done yeah and like i said to my knowledge they are kind of positioning them as maybe the new chaos big bad with the age of the beast story that's going on right now well, it'd be cool because they are positioned because they're literally everywhere in this world in numbers unknown. And they've long had them of, oh, yeah, no, they're a threat. Kind of like you need these other, you know, like orcs and Skaven. They're everywhere. So it really would be cool to see that payoff as, oh, fuck, they've united. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. I, I'm, I'm a little sad that you've now put the idea of shark beastmen in my head because now I desperately want that. So, I also want that. It's fucking terrifying to think about. 
Which, you know, by the way, since we've talked about Axel being a Sylvaneth player, uh, thanks, uh, Sylvaneth, for the Age of the Beast. Ha uh, ha. Did they cause it? I haven't read the Age of the Beast stuff yet. So, yes, uh, at the end of 2nd Edition, uh, because 2nd Edition was about Nagash uh, releasing a giant wave of death magic, mm-hmm. Olariel Olar- decides, you know what would be a great idea? Releasing a giant wave of life magic. That would be real swell to counteract this. So she does. In the process, the plane of beasts, Gur, is connected enough to the life energy that all of a sudden that gets thrown into overdrive. That makes so a lot holy of sense. Crap, yeah. Holy crap, there's this new earthquake god. Holy crap, a bunch of like the destruction factions that are hanging out in Gur. Also, a lot of beastmen hang out there. Holy crap, they're going crazy. Well, you know what? My Sylvaneth army doesn't even care about Al- our Alariel because we follow Dreitia. I'm all about the fucking outcasts, so not my fault. So. But murdering anything with meat on it. Exactly. Is it a tree? No? Die. Die. I don't think we have any trees out here, so, uh, hmm. Dreitia disapproves, then. But, yes. anyway, yeah. So, okay, that's cool. I mean, that also makes a lot of sense, because, like, the Beastmen are literally a combination of living forms so like that idea that life magic would have a very strong effect on them i think is is very cool i yeah i think the idea behind them and it even was the idea in fantasy and it still is in age of sigmar is that beastmen are just like the awful side of nature like it is the disgusting and violent and like almost nonsensical side of nature where like the sylvaneth or wood elves in fantasy are like the pretty, you know, like more maintained and orderly side of nature, even well, if they will shoot you. Yeah, well, that's why I know that the that Alariel considered Morgur one of the greatest threats to the wood elf people for for that kind of reason, and the other wood elves didn't see him as a threat because oh, dumb beastman, and she was like, no, he's a problem. So no matter what, including Morgur, because he just kept coming back to life. Yep, he would not stay dead. <laughs> So to kind of wrap us up, what is your sales pitch for getting someone to play Beast of Chaos? Like, say they listen to this and like, ooh, okay, I'm kind of on the fence. What is your sales pitch of why you should play Beast of Chaos despite all the stuff we just talked about? Oh, my my pitch is definitely like if if you like the first of all, if you like the idea of like monster people, duh, like this is a faction of nothing but monster people. If and if you like the idea of sort of like low tech compared to the rest of their surroundings comparatively low tech barbarians who still still manage to get a lot of shit done purely out of cunning and like almost like basic animal tactics that still work um and this kind of idea of also like order is a disease that needs to be quelled for you know the best the best sake of the world which is much better being run like an animal, you know, purely animal sense, uh, then that would be my pitch. Is just you? Do you like playing the barbarians that manage to get shit done despite their low tech? Play Beasts of Chaos. I like that there are quite a few good low tech options that fill different aesthetics. That that's pretty cool. So yeah. By the way, I'm now looking at Ulrich's picture, and it is a group of Sylvaneth hunters. But uh, it is a lion dog, a centaur, and three satyrs. So yeah, Ulrich is cold, totally right. This looks like Beastman stuff. 
Well, when they came out, everyone, new beastmen. Wait, those aren't, what are you doing? Those are literally beastmen. No, they're not. They work for the high, the, the, the wood elves. But, but it's beast and man. No, it's beast and elf. Totally different. God damn it. They even have the curved horde guy like the Ungors. Yeah. Yeah, literally. <laughs> anyway. All right. So now, Dino, do you have any concluding thoughts for us? Ooh, hmm. Uh, my concluding thoughts are, uh, screw civilization. Uh, it is awful and gross and, you know, perversion of the natural way, uh, turned to chaos, but not those filthy gods. Uh, they're, they're also pretty crappy because they're also order. I have Um, a, I have a hard time arguing with that pitch. (laughs) Yeah. He he makes a good point. And effectively, uh, reject humanity, return to monkey. The faction is my closing statement. (laughs) Return to monkey. (laughs) All right. Well then, you know, thank you for coming on talking to us. And it's at this point that we give you the special box that you can stand on and pitch or plug or whatever, anything you want to plug. Uh, I, I don't have much in the way of YouTube channels or stuff. I do have a Twitter, uh, so follow me at, uh, Dino Faced Boy, uh, capital D, uh, pretty cool, I think. I post about Warhammer stuff and wrestling and mostly a lot of whinging about politics today, but at this point, who doesn't? And he's always having good conversations with us in our Discord. <laughs> I am all, I am always there. I am... It is, I think, the Discord community I'm the most active in, besides my own, like, D&D group community. And that is it. I I mean, I've always seen your stuff, so, yeah, very cool. Yeah. Come to the Discord. It's pretty awesome. It is. All right, Auric, I think that means it's time. All right, well, thank you all for listening. Be sure to like, share, subscribe. Do all the things that the podcast algorithm demands of you, because the podcast algorithm is much like Games Workshop, fickle and uncaring. And whatever platform you are currently listening to this on, thank you. The list in front of me literally just says all the places, so that's where you can find us. (laughs) But if you look at one of the places and we're not there, then tell us about it and we'll look into it. But at the very least, I want to mention that one of the places we're at is FiresideAlliance.com, which is a cool little collaborative thing with a bunch of other people that we don't get to actually collaborate with nearly as much as we want to, but cool people, so... As always, this has been Lord Commander Ulrich. And his shield brother, Axel Wright. Until next time, may the dice roll in your favor.